Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. This is episode 16. Recently on Take It or Leave It, we were discussing of the power of God, a form of godliness but denying its power. We've been discussing the importance of serving God and being set free from limitations when serving Him. And I want to continue discussing this tonight. You know, as Christians, we don't compromise with the flesh. And what I mean by that is, for example, we don't say, oh, God understands this time. I really want to have that other drink, even though God says this. Um, Constantly making excuses to please our flesh while knowing what God's word says. We don't seek to compromise with this world for anything. So when man says, oh, I feel sorry for you and how seriously you serve God and you don't have enough free time to go to sports or to spend with your children, We know what we are laboring for, and as true Christians, we don't compromise with the flesh. There are those today that have a form of godliness but denying his power. We've discussed this in a previous podcast. So they are without power. They are without the power of God. So for example, there could be a form of godliness in me, but it's dead because I've yet to decide to live for Christ. There are people that are in church today that want to be part of the work without actually doing real work. And because they aren't fully dedicated and sold out, they do not progress and they do not grow. And just to remind you, this is when Paul encourages us to turn away from doing work with these types of people, right? And when I say turn away, it doesn't mean hate these people. It means love them, but don't allow them to restrain you because they're going to hold up the work for God. And just as a reminder, we had read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, and it says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. For this sort are those who creep into households and make captive of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. So again, turn away from these people because people like this so easily lead you astray. Right, So whenever it says here gullible women, that's easy women. Women who are easily led astray, right, led away by various lusts. We don't want to be easily led away from God. But when we have a form of godliness and deny its power, that is exactly what we are doing. And I read this again because it is so apparent what is going on in the world today. People truly are lovers of self. And there are people in the church who do restrain the progress for God, right? We're not talking about this today, but the Bible does talk about the wheat and the tares. When God plants wheat, Satan plants tares. And wheat and tares are in the church. 
And today, as Christians, we don't seek to please others, right? We're not seeking to gather friends, right? To please man, to please our flesh. Because as a reminder, and again, this is just a recap from the previous podcast, remember that God brings a sword. He is coming to divide the people. It is so much more than just being a good person. God is looking for the ones who were true to him, who were laboring for his kingdom, right? He brings a sword and he tells us to turn away from those who cannot decide, who cannot make up their minds, turn away from those who are double-minded. In the verses that we read earlier in 2 Timothy, verse 7 says, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. These are the people that are in church, always learning, but never growing. They don't progress. They never come to know the truth. Though they may be in church every Sunday, always sitting and listening, they fail to implement any change in their life, right? Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. So we're going to learn two things today. We're going to learn how does the power of God respond to affliction when placed in the life of believers? Satan does put a load on our lives to slow us down. Believing in God does not mean we live a life without trials because we have trials. In fact, we just stand at the end of our trials because of Jesus. So our trials do not overcome us because we have Jesus. The second thing we're going to learn is Satan's method to burden believers in Egypt. So we're going to be revisiting uh, Exodus again today. So just as a reminder, Moses was told to tell the Pharaoh to let God's people go. And this was in Exodus 7 verse 16. So God said to Moses, and you shall say to him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you saying, let my people go that they may serve me It's a capital M because that's God. Serve me in the wilderness, but indeed until now you would not hear. So Moses speaks to the Pharaoh. Now keep in mind, as pointed out in the previous podcast, Moses was a shepherd, right? And and God picked him. God picked him. Just goes to show that God will use anybody. He will pick anybody to glorify his name right? And Moses, though he was a shepherd, though he was slow to speak, uh, uneducated, he had courage and boldness to say this to the Pharaoh because he was serving God. That's the sign of power, right? God delivered Moses to serve him. And today I can say with confidence that God delivered me to serve him. Just like God wants to deliver the Hebrews from Egypt into the wilderness so that they can serve him. So why do I do what I do? Because Jesus said so. We have a purpose for Christ and we can act in boldness and do these things we would never imagine because we love Jesus so much, right? So the purpose of God is to free the Hebrews so that they could serve him in the wilderness, right? In the wilderness, this is without limitations in Egypt. So what is the wilderness? Wilderness is a place of nothing, but don't worry because God provides. God wanted to take them to nothing, right? From Egypt to nothing so that they could simply serve him. And don't worry again, because we all started with nothing. Did I not start with nothing? When I was born, I had nothing. I owned nothing. You had nothing. Yet today we have these things, right? God is good. God is good. 
is serving God new. So we've been talking in Exodus about the Hebrews and how they were wanting to serve God. However, the Pharaoh had commanded them to meet a certain quota every day of bricks, right? So they didn't have enough time or they didn't have as much time, I should say, to serve God. But is this new? No. Through the Hebrews, we know that serving God started in the Old Testament, right? Serving God has always been a thing. Right? And the Hebrews were occupied with making bricks. And God wanted them to be set free from Egypt, just how he wants you and I to be free from spiritual Egypt today. Right? He wants me and you to be without limitations, serving him with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul. And let's be honest, making bricks is difficult. Now, I don't have experience in making bricks, but if you could just imagine the work that the Hebrews were doing. It's all by hand. They have to gather materials. We read last week that the Pharaoh made it even harder for them. Hey, gather your own straw, he said. Gather your own materials. Um, they have to mix the sand, the soil, the straw, and then it has to be molded. And then you have to wait until, you know, it's it sets and it's a brick. So when the Pharaoh sought to fill in their extra time with his work, God made the Hebrews stronger and increased their populations to make the work easier. So when I say it made the work easier, I don't mean that, you know, it reduced the ask. The ask was still the same from the Pharaoh, but because there was more of them, they were able to meet the quota sooner, which freed up time to serve him. Just as a reminder, and I'm going to start in Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. Let's look at how God's power responds to affliction. So in verse eight in Exodus chapter one, it says, now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us. And so go up out of the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithom and Ramses. Verse 12. But the more they afflicted them, so the more they afflicted the Hebrews, God's people, the children of Israel, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and brick and in all manner of service in the field, all their service in which they made them serve with rigor. So already, look, here's the affliction, right? The more they were afflicted, the more they multiplied and grew. So they're laying their burdens on the children of Israel, but the more that they were challenged and afflicted, the more they multiplied and grew, which is exactly the opposite, right? That's what verse 12 is showing us. The more they were afflicted, the more they grew and multiplied. Is that not the power of God? If God is in you, the more powerful you are when Satan attacks you. You and I have no reason to be defeated if the power of God is in us. We have no reason. 
We can walk in confidence, right? And we can expect that the enemy is going to uh, lay burdens on us, right? He's going to attempt to distract us, to uh, deter us from serving God, right? But we can walk in confidence because when we have the power of Christ, we will stand, right? Satan may plan an attack, but we can respond, right? With wisdom, strategically, and we can overcome him. Amen. I also want to visit Exodus chapter 5 because I want it to be clear what Moses is asking Pharaoh for. And in verse 1 it reads, After Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. So they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. Then the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. And Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are many now, and you make them rest from their labor. Verse 6, So the same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, You shall no longer give the people straw to make brick as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves, and you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry out, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let more work be laid on the men, that they may labor in it, and let them not regard false words. Verse 10, and the taskmasters of the people and their officers went out and spoke to people, saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go get yourself straw where you can find it. Yet none of your work will be reduced. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. And the taskmasters forced them to hurry, saying, Fulfill your work, your daily quota, as when there was straw. Also, the officers of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked, Why have you not fulfilled your task in making brick both yesterday and today as before? Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh, saying, Why are you dealing thus with your servants? There was no straw given to your servants, and they say to us, Make brick, and indeed your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But he said, You are idle, idle. Therefore, you say, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Therefore, go now and work, for no straw shall be given to you, yet you shall deliver the quota of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble after it was said, you shall not reduce any brick from your daily quota. Wow. So in chapter 5, verse 3 of Exodus, Moses is asking Israel for three days off to serve God. In the wilderness, they said, we can go out to the desert for three days so we can sacrifice to our God. Three days to serve God. And the Pharaoh responds, get back to your labor. Right? And in verse 7, Pharaoh then makes it more difficult. However, because they multiplied and grew, there's more people to meet the quota of the brick. Right? They have more time to serve God. And in verse 5-10... Pharaoh responds and says, thus says the Pharaoh. Could you imagine responding to God the way that Pharaoh responds to God? Because I could not. So disrespectful, clearly not acknowledging the power, does not care. 
Yet in verse 517, he says, you are idle, right? So in the eyes of the Pharaoh, if you have time to serve God, you are idle. And this is exactly how Satan views it as well. If you're serving God, you are idle because you are not working for him. And Satan can afflict us, you and me today, because we are in his land, just as the Hebrews are in the land of the Pharaoh who can afflict them, right? Increasing the labor, making it more difficult. Satan can afflict us because we live on earth and that is his dominion. He is the prince of this world. We're on his land, right? So do we see how Pharaoh is Satan, right? Satan can enslave the people again, because we're on his land and Satan is not happy when we serve God. So Satan, he, he must afflict us, right? He must afflict servants of God, true servants of God to limit our time with God because Satan also knows that he has a short time. We are after souls. Satan is also after souls, right? He's a copycat. If we want souls for God's kingdom, Satan wants souls for his kingdom. Let me provide you an example. Have you ever started your car in the driveway? You're not moving, you're not going anywhere, but it's just on and the engine is running. And again, the car's not moving. So there's no measurement of growth there, right? If your car's not moving, you can't measure from point A to point B. It's stationary, right? Static, not moving. There's no measurement of growth there. Right? This is called idling your car. It's on and moving, but you're not making any progress. Right, You're not really doing anything. Likewise, when it comes to serving God, when we are idling ourselves, right? when you know we might be, uh, maybe we're all taught, but we're not actually doing the work. We are idle. There's no growth. Forever learning. right? And that's how we satisfy Satan. We can also see the method of Satan. So again, in verse 17, which we just read, you are idle, idle. Therefore, you say, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Therefore, go now and work for no straw shall be given to you. Yet you shall deliver the quota of bricks. So again, hey, allow us three days to go into the, the desert, right? The wilderness to serve God. And the response is you're idle because they were idle for him, for the Pharaoh right? The truth is today, you and I, we must go into the wilderness. We must go into the wilderness. And I don't mean this literally. I mean it spiritually. We must let God take us to nothing to build you and I up. He will provide for us. We must allow him to do this. And from personal experience, I can say that I was ripped away from everything that I knew, everything comfortable, everything that I had. And I went essentially into the wilderness to have nothing, right? God stripped me of my foundation and he made it so I was on my own at a very young age. And when I was trying to figure out how to live alone, he introduced me to my future husband. He had pastors as parents and he raised me as their own. My husband's parents raised me as if I was their own child. So a lot of the lessons that my husband was getting, I also was getting. And through this, God was able to rebuild my foundation. It was a really difficult experience in my life, but it worked out for the glory of God. And again, God broke the foundation that was built in me already. 
and he rebuilt me with his foundation so that as I grew in him, I would stand strong, just like a building. He took me from nothing and he made me his. And the same expectation to serve God is also in the New Testament. We discussed and we revisited how it's in the Old Testament, right? But it's also in the New Testament. We still need to go into the wilderness today. We are living in the New Testament. We need to be delivered into the wilderness. And in Romans chapter eleven twenty five, it says, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all of Israel will be saved, as it is written, and here's the prophecy, the deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. So God is the deliverer coming out of Zion. God is the one who will deliver us. So today, the only way to be a believer is to get out of spiritual Egypt. And we can only do this through Jesus, but it is yours and my choice. And until we do that, our testimonies are only going to be, oh, I got attacked today. Oh, this terrible thing happened to me. Look what Satan has done to me. And I pray as we go into the wilderness, as we have that time with God, serving him without limitations, allowing him to rebuild us, right? Allowing to see that true power of God. I pray for more testimonies of I attacked Satan and I made Satan unhappy. Truly serve God. So I ask you, who are you making happy today? Who are you laboring for? Are you seeking to make the Pharaoh happy? Or are you seeking to truly serve God with everything that you've got? When things get easier, when you have more money and you have more favor at work and it frees up more time, I pray that you discern how to invest that time and that you invest it in his kingdom. I pray that you serve God more and share those testimonies. God is the deliverer that we all need and we all need delivered. And I pray that you get to the wilderness today. Amen. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.